Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. We are going to study what oftentimes is a very confusing passage. And you should know why it's confusing, why people do not understand it or interpret it properly. And that is because Paul gives some illustrations. And these illustrations, one of which is based upon the festivals of the Lord. Those festivals that we read about primarily in the book of Leviticus and chapter 23. And if you don't study the Old Testament, and if you're not aware of these festivals and how they were observed, when you come to an illustration that Paul gives that's based in that, you're not going to understand it. And that's going to set you off in the wrong direction, and you're not going to grasp the message that Paul is saying. Well, with that stated, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Romans and chapter 11. Now, here, Paul is going to begin by speaking about what's called the first fruit. Now, that should be something that you're very familiar with because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and what is that chapter about, 1 Corinthians 15? It's that great chapter of the resurrection. And two times, Paul refers to Yeshua, that is, Jesus of Nazareth, and he speaks about the resurrected Savior, and he calls him the first fruit. Now, why is that? Well, this is what was done. There are two harvest times in Israel, the spring and the fall. Both of them have to do with festivals. Now, we know that in the spring festival, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, something's done. On the first day of the week, after the Shabbat, meaning the normal seven-day Shabbat, which, which is after the observance of the Passover day and the first day of Unleavened Bread, on that first day of the week, there was a commandment. Those who had wheat fields, barley fields, they would go out and they would harvest what's called the first fruit. This is the first day of the harvest, which was a seven-week period. And then we know something. On the 50th day, the day after, there was this festival. It's called in Hebrew, Yom Bikurim, the festival of the first fruits, but it's speaking about the first harvest. But there was something called, by a different name, Rashid. That is the first not speaking about simply the first of the harvest, but the beginning of the harvest period. What was taken first from the fields? And if you read, there was a commandment to take from that first fruit to make it into a, a dough and bake it and take that loaf to the priest 
in your town. He would receive it. He would wave it as a wave offering over his head. And this symbolized victory. And it said that this was done for leratzon, which means for acceptance. So the victory, the joyful thing, the salvation is being accepted by God. And that one who would make that, that offering, taking it to the priests in their town, he would also pray. And what was the prayer? That the rest of the harvest would be like the first fruit. The first fruit, he would go out and he would observe the very, very best. And he would make that the first fruit. And the prayer would be, all the rest of the harvest would be like the first fruit. Now, what's the message that Paul's telling us in 1 Corinthians 15? A glorious one. That we are going to be like Messiah. What does that mean? That we're going to be God? Certainly not. That would be heresy. It simply means that we're going to be transformed. We are going to become holy and righteous and good and perfect servants of God. When? When we get that kingdom body at the rapture. So the first fruit is Messiah. We're the rest of the harvest. Now remember that. Look, if you would, to verse 16. Romans chapter 11, verse 16. He says, but since the first fruit is holy. Now, I realize many Bibles, they'll say if, but we're speaking about Messiah. He's the first fruit. It's not if he's holy, it's since he's holy. And we see the relationship. Look again. But since the first fruit is holy, also the the batch, the lump, that dough that is baked, that becomes the loaf because of that, that inherent relationship between the first fruit and the dough that was made from the first fruit. Obviously, if the first fruit is holy, and it is, so too, because of the condition of the first fruit, so too will be that, that lump, that batch that was made into the loaf. Now, he uses that same illustration to take us to another truth. Read on in the second part of verse 16. And since the root is holy, now this is parallelism. The root is parallel to the first fruit. Messiah, he's holy. Therefore, the first fruit, he's holy. And also the root is holy. Also the branches. Now, why are the branches holy because the root supports it the root nourishes the branches so if it's a holy root the branches are also going to be holy so in the same way that same foundation of the the prayer we are going to be like messiah we're going to be like the first fruit the first fruit is holy the roots holy messiah is holy therefore the people of the kingdom are going to be holy now why do i mention the kingdom because we're coming to this passage of scripture this verse 16 introduces it but we're speaking about the olive tree now who is the olive tree well the olive tree represents the kingdom of god the first fruit that root of the kingdom is messiah why he was the first one resurrected he is the, the one, the foundation, the root. 
He's holy, so will be. The branches, so will be who? Well, notice the olive tree is the kingdom. The root is Messiah. The branches are the inhabitants, the people of the kingdom of God. And what Paul is saying is that God expects the inhabitants of the kingdom to be holy, also righteous. Why? We're going to be like Messiah. And therefore, notice what he says in verse 17. But since certain ones of the branches, so certain branches, they were broken off. Now, here the branches were having to do with a portion, not all, we'll see that in a moment, but some of the Jewish people. Why? The rejection of the gospel. The foundation of this passage is the gospel. Why? It is the message of the kingdom. It is only through the gospel that you can become part of the kingdom of God. In other words, that you can become a branch. So he says here, certain ones of the branches were broken off. Now, what does that mean? They lost their salvation? That's not the context. The context is the gospel was given. These are the covenant people. But it's the old covenant people. And through that old covenant, they were prepared for the gospel. You understand the message of the Old Testament. You understand the gospel. But but great numbers rejected. And because of that, they were broken off. That means they were not kingdom people. This goes back to what Paul says earlier. In Romans chapter 9, when he says, not all of Israel, not every Jewish people, person, is, is of Israel, not, is not of the kingdom. So not every Jewish person is going to be of the kingdom. We learn that, and that's what he's saying here. No difference. So if certain one of the branches were broken off, but you, speaking to the Gentiles, you being from a wild olive tree, Now, in this passage, there's two olive trees mentioned. The good olive tree or the cultivated one, that represents the kingdom, the kingdom of God. That wild one represents represents the kingdoms of this world. So you're going to belong to only one, either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of this world. He writes, but you being from the wild olive tree, grafted in among them. Who's them? A remnant of the Jewish people. There always has been, there always will be within the kingdom people, Jewish people. So he says, but you, being from the wild olive tree, you were grafted in among them. And no no, uh, favoritism, He says, and also being joint participants of the root, that nourishment, and the fatness of the olive tree you have become. So a wonderful conclusion. The same thing that Jewish believers receive, non-Jewish believers receive. They have that same kingdom experience, that same kingdom hope. Now look at verse 18. He says, do not boast against the branches. And if you boast, not you support the root. He says, if you boast against them, realize you're not the one 
who supports the root what he's saying here is this such boasting is offensive to messiah you are criticizing his work you're criticizing so do not boast against the branches he says because you do not support the root but the root you and the root again messiah verse 19 therefore you say the branches were broken off in order that i be grafted in now what do you think paul's going to say to that he's going to say look at verse 20 he uses the greek word kalos which means well or good or fine in a a a proper sense this is the order of god paul's agreeing he says good in this sense yes that's right and he goes on to say why they were broken off he says by unbelief they were broken off but you by faith stand now i'll ask you a question that verb stand what is the greek tense that paul was inspired to write it down you see this passage is not about how one is saved now he tells us here that aspect but the primary message of this passage is not how one is saved we know we're saved by faith we're broken off because of unbelief but it's not that we lose our salvation you never had your salvation if you didn't believe so what he's talking about here is this the gospel it went forth to the old covenant people they were called to believe they were the covenant people of god but because they did not believe and they had been prepared to believe that's what the old testament the law and the prophets are supposed to prepare the people for believing accepting the gospel message and not just accepting it but sharing it with others but they because of the hardness of their heart because of their transgression because they stumbled they were what broken off it's not speaking about losing your salvation they never had it it's simply saying that the gospel and we know this from our study last week what does paul say he said their rejection of the gospel what does it mean he says it means the wealth the richness to the world the wealth to the nations what's he referring to that that gospel message that invitation into the kingdom went to the nations now did it cease altogether from israel no he's speaking in general terms and what we have seen since that time of israel's rejection is that gospel flourished more among the nations than among the jewish people but we should also anticipate what paul does that in the last days when that fullness of the gentiles comes to an end when that time of the fullness of the gentiles is over what are we going to see we're going to see it undeniably next week that god is going to turn his attention back to israel and there's going to be that remnant of israel that gets saved and then what's going to happen don't believe what what some who teach falsehood tells you see there are those who say you know support my work because we work in israel and and if israel comes to faith that's going to trigger the greatest revival ever in the world that's not said in the bible that is not 
biblically sound. What the Bible says, we concluded with this last week. When Israel comes to faith, we should, ex- we should expect that. What will their acceptance be? What does Paul say at the end of verse 15? He says, life from the dead. What's that? Resurrection. What does the resurrection speak to? The kingdom. And right after saying this, he's talking about the kingdom by his use of the the olive tree. So we're back here. Look at what he says. It was because of unbelief they were broken off. But he says, you stand, how? By faith. Now, that word standing, we need to always ask ourselves, what does the grammar teach us? And here, the word for standing is in the perfect, which means you have stood, you are standing, and you will continue to stand. It is a a verb that speaks about the assurance of our salvation. Once you're saved, you're always going to be saved. That's why it's in the perfect tense. And then he says, Middle of verse 20, do not uh, be high-minded, but rather fear. Give God priority. Respond to his word. Don't operate in pride, but be someone that has a fear of the Lord in the true sense. Verse 21, for since God did not uh, uh, spare the natural branches, So God didn't do that. They were broken off. So since God did not spare the natural branches, not at all, you he will spare. God, he's not a respecter of persons. How he treats one, he'll treat the other. If they behave in the same way, they'll get the same outcome. So he says, watch out. Give fear to God because if God did not spare the natural ones, the Jewish people, nor will he spare you. That's what he says. Verse, verse 21. Therefore, behold, understand the, the kindness or the goodness of God and the severity of God. That's how God operates. Exceedingly kindness or severity, referring to wrath, his wrath. So, therefore, behold, the kindness or the goodness and the severity of God. The severity of God upon those who have fallen. Why do they fall? We've already talked about that. Because of unbelief. And he says, but upon you, speaking to Gentile believers, upon you, kindness, the goodness of God, since you remain in the kindness. Verse verse 22, the second part. Otherwise, also you will be broken off. Now, again, this breaking breaking off, what he's saying is this. It's not about salvation. It's the message of salvation and the gospel going forth and working. The gospel went mightily at the beginning to the nation of Israel. But because of unbelief, what happened? That gospel went to the nations. And he's saying that there is coming a time God is going to bring the fullness of the Gentiles, that time period, to an end. And at that time, he's going to turn back to Israel to complete his work. This is what he's saying here. Verse 23. But also they, if they do not continue 
in unbelief. What, what is Paul expecting? He says, but also they, if they don't continue in unbelief, they will be grafted in. For God is able again to graft them in. So it's not that they were eternally lost or rejected. That message of the gospel, it ceased to the large degree in Israel. It was mighty among the nations. But in these last days, and we see this, things are going to change. We are seeing, even as we speak right now, there's more and more nations that are becoming hostile to the gospel. Why? That time of the fullness of the Gentiles are coming to an end. And then he's going to, as we'll see next week with no uncertain terms, we'll see next week how there's going to be a turning to the Jewish people in the last days. Once more, but also they, if they do not continue in unbelief, they will be grafted in. For God is able again to graft them in. Verse 24. Now, that's our last verse, and notice what he says. For you, from the natural wild olive tree, were, were, were cut off. So he says, in nature, you belong to that wild olive tree. That was your natural, the natural condition of yours. You were of that wild olive tree. And what did God do? He cut you off from that wild olive tree. And contrary to nature, he grafted you into what? A good, a cultivated olive tree. So God was able to do that. Now, who did he do that to? Those who were part of the wild olive tree, those who were of the world, those who were idolaters. And God says this, if I did that for you, he says, how much more so they? Who are they? The ones that are according to nature. What nature? They have that connection to the kingdom of God. Why? Paul tells us this. What advantage is there being a Jew? In every way. Why? The oracles of God. It is through the word of God that there is that, that natural connection to, you have the word, you are going to be closer to the kingdom because it's the word of God that relates to the kingdom of God. And what he's saying here is this, two things. He says, you should expect, don't boast against those natural branches of that, that good olive tree because, yes, they were broken off because of unbelief, but, Understand that there's coming a time that God is going to turn his attention back and he is able. This is what the text tells us. Look again at verse 24. He says, how much more so these, the ones according to nature, being part of that, that good olive tree, that they will be grafted into their own olive tree. Paul is saying over and over in this passage of scripture that the reader of Romans 11 should anticipate that, that there's going to be a mighty movement of God in the last days in order to, to bring back 
his old covenant people into a new covenant relationship with the living God. And how does he do that? The same way that he does it for all people, through the gospel. There is no other way to be saved. There's no other message, no other means. The Savior did something. And again, Paul's going to emphasize this next week when he is going to choose a verse from the prophecy of Isaiah that speaks about the Redeemer coming to who? To Jacob, meaning the Jewish people in the last days. And what is he going to do? He's going to turn away the sin from Jacob. How does he do that? There's only one way. And that is through the work of Messiah Yeshua. What he did on the cross, the reason why he is spoken of as the Redeemer is because redemption uniquely relates to Passover. He did that work of redemption on the festival of redemption, Passover. That's why Paul calls him our Passover lamb. And he has already done the work. How did he do it? He did it perfectly. When he says it is finished, it's finished perfectly. And therefore, we should anticipate those who have studied God's word, prophecy in particular, but also this portion of the book of Romans, we're going to see boldly, loudly, clearly next week that God's going to move mightily in the last days to bring a remnant of the Jewish people. We know the number, one-third, unto salvation. And the means of that salvation for them in the last days is the same means of salvation for all those of the nations, that gospel message. And how do you access that gospel message? Very simply, through faith. You believe. Now, let me just conclude by saying this. You are either a believer or an unbeliever. If you're an unbeliever, then you are going to be cut off from any hope, any connection to the kingdom of God. And you are going to be cast out, the scripture says, outside where there's weeping, great sadness. There's gnashing of teeth, agony, torment for eternity. And darkness and in the lake of fire and brimstone. But if you're a believer, then you are going to be brought in. In the same way he talks about being grafted in, you are going to be brought into his eternal kingdom. And you are going to experience the fulfillment of the word of God. Let me say it another way. You are going to receive the promises of God. And the kingdom promises are the best promises. Why? Because they are for eternity. That kingdom of God never ceases. That kingdom of God is where you are going to be in God's presence forever and ever, knowing what? Those on the outside, his severity, his wrath. Those on the inside, the goodness, the kindness of God. The kingdom of God is going to be a kingdom where the love of God is poured out mightily and abundantly upon his kingdom people. A clear message from the Apostle Paul about that olive tree God's plans and his purposes for a kingdom future for those who believe. 
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.